It's time for another episode of the Infinite Loopback Podcast, an Apple-themed technology podcast with your hosts, Brian Baggett, Jim Graham, Brad Tarver, and Jason Young. Happy iPhone Day, everybody. Happy iPhone Day. Absolutely. Happy iPhone Day. Huzzah. Our favorite time of the year. It's a most wonderful time of the year. Uh, Before we get into it, I do want to start with something. Jim, I've been saving this to tell you for so long. I backed my first Kickstarter. No way. Really? After all these years, one Kickstarter. After years of giving you grief. It is the, uh, I don't know if it's pronounced Magfloat or Magflot. It's something, I think it's, uh, who knows? It's that iPad, that iPad thing. That that, yes, that, uh, yeah, uh, I've, I've seen the videos, like the pre-release videos on that. It looked very cool. It does, and it was. I've been waiting months to tell you, or a couple months at least, to say, Jim, I backed my first Kickstarter after all the grief I've given you. I finally did one myself. Yeah, I'm like at least, you know, I have at least three or four that were a complete bust, and then, <laughs> and then a bunch more that, you know, were like okay, and then maybe you know, like a handful that were like, all right, that was that was well worth it. The fidget spinners were the best. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, a couple of, you know, good fidget spinners, a couple of good pens, and everything else was kind of meh. Yeah, well, I saw Christopher Lawley do a video on this, and it uh, it looked really, really nice. I I need another iPhone, I mean, an iPad stand, like I need like a hole in the head, but I'm going to go ahead and get one anyway. So uh, that was my first foray, and not counting the backing the Hasbro Galactus, 32-inch Galactus that they just, uh, they did. But I don't count that as a Kickstarter, even though it truly was. Oh, no, that's going to back no matter what. Who doesn't want a 32-inch Galactus? And they kept throwing more and more stretch goals that people kept hitting. So the further along it got, the closer it got, the more people got on board. So, you know. Then my wife was, what's this three ninety nine charge to Hasbro? I was like, oh, never mind, never mind. Look away. Exactly. I blame Brad. <laughs> All right, so let's, uh, let's get into the Apple funness this week. So uh, starting in the same order that the announcements were that were uh, done today at the Apple event, let's start with the newly announced iPad. So the iPad just got a refresh last November, and it was not a bad refresh. I honestly wasn't expecting them to refresh the base model iPad this year, but uh, but here we are. So <laughs> the base storage has now gone from 32 to 64. I don't think uh, Apple makes a device now whose base storage isn't uh, 64 gigs, which I think is uh, is kind of cool. And the neatest part about this, of course, is not just that the fact that we're getting an A13 processor, which is only a 20% uh, performance increase over the previous generation's iPad from a year ago, but they're finally getting a 12 megapixel camera with center stage right there in all of its glory on the on the base model iPad. Can you guys believe that? Finally. I I mean... What was the camera before? I think it was only like eight. Is that right? I believe it was eight. Well, that's a significant upgrade. I'll check it real quick. Yeah, but if they're going to tout all this new stuff from this summer where you get to play videos together and play games together and do all that kind of stuff, then all their devices need legit cameras now, legit video cameras. And so I think that's, you know, kind of maybe an impetus for this is is that sort of thing because... That was one of their top things over the you know the summer announcements for for um, iOS was and you know iPad OS was you know now you can watch movies together apart. <laughs> It'll ship someday, not this fall, but someday. Uh, yeah. Eventually, what, what's neat is that center in time st- for Christmas. Yeah, hopefully in time for Christmas. Center stage just came out on the iPad Pro back in June, I guess it was, or the very end of May. And it's already made its way to the to both of it, the lower end iPads, like not even the iPad Air, but the iPad and iPad Mini, which we'll talk about in a few minutes. But that is that is a game changer. I don't know if you guys have had a chance to play with it. If you bought the 2021 iPad Pro as I did, it is, and I know as Josh has, it is really phenomenal the way that thing works. And having such an ultra wide camera that follows you around doesn't seem like it's going to be that big a deal. It doesn't seem like it, but seeing it in 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 practice is uh, is perfect. I really wish I had not gotten my mom an iPad last year because she really would benefit from center stage since most of the time I'm just talking to her eyes and her forehead whenever she's uh when she's on the iPad. So that would have that would have helped out a lot. So about center stage, it's exactly what Brian said. It it doesn't seem like that much to start with, but it really is phenomenal. Um my daughter's gone to college. She's a freshman, first time away from home, about an hour and a half away, and we've been FaceTiming a lot more. 
And it is just insanely easy for me and my wife to both be able to sit down on the same device and have it just to have us both in frame. There's no repositioning of anything. There's no changing around. It just works and it's magical. And we can lean on the couch and sit back and it automatically adjusts itself. She can FaceTime me when I'm at work and it just, I'm still moving around my desk in my office and it keeps me in frame the entire time. I'm still amazed it didn't go on the IMAX. That seemed like an absolute no-brainer for the M1 IMAX this summer, but I know it's coming eventually. I was just going to say, one of the more annoying things with my iPad Pro, like I've got the 12.9, the previous model, is that when you're using the video camera, it's tucked in you know, at the top of the iPad. So when you've got the keyboard on it, it's literally on the far left. And if you're looking at anything on your screen then you're not looking at the camera and it it just it does make a very big difference that the cameras on that you know the top which ends up becoming the far left and you're not looking at it in the middle and that's that's quite annoying with that model so hopefully the, the you know this tracking helps with that cuz the camera's still you know where it is on on y'all's devices so if you haven't had that problem then that's well worth it right there Oh, it's worth noticing you can also, uh, you know, do things like put it in, in uh, portrait mode instead of landscape, and then you don't have that problem on the iPad. If you're not, you know, you're not worried about the keyboard or anything like that. I went ahead, and if I my back wasn't spasming, I would have lifted it up and shown you, but I have a elevated laptop stand that I'm using for my iPad Pro, which is actually behind me, fully open, keyboard open and everything, just for being able to do FaceTime uh, using center stage sitting at my desk without having to adjust the iPad Pro at all. So it is it is truly, truly a neat feature. And since it's only been out a couple of months, the fact that it's making it to the, the lowest end iPads is nothing short of phenomenal. I thought we would see that for the uh, for the uh, iPhone today, but you know we didn't. And I'm a little surprised. And because the iPhone is about as thick as an iMac, that may be a reason that we uh, we didn't see that in the iMac as well. The uh, the other thing that the iPad gets today is True Tone, which I didn't realize the base model didn't have this. It's been a feature of you know the iPad Pro for so long, at least since 2017, that I kind of figured this was a thing that had made its way down by now, but I guess not. So I'm, I'm, I think that's kind of nice. Is there any kind of use case for you guys where you would actually consider picking up a base model iPad? If one of my kids decided they needed one, you know, for a e-reader or, you know, something to play games on, maybe. Um, because my two kids definitely wouldn't need a pro model one, but just for the entertainment of it or being able to consume media, you know, wherever, whether they were laying in the bed or who knows. My wife, on the other hand, you know, would not be a good candidate for it because she does, takes a ton of photos. And I'm not saying she's on Josh's level of photo taking and photo editing, but she does do a lot of photo editing. And um, she's, she's one of those type of moms who used to, before I came along, used to keep a lot of, uh, you know, those printed, you know, your typical printed pictures and photo albums. And she would literally flip through the pages of those things and cry because, you know, my babies, my babies. Well, she does that now with her iPad or MacBook, you know, and gets all teary looking at old photos. It would be a great sort of uh, playing around with iPad, I think, uh, you know, and at 329, it's not really a, a bad, a bad price, particularly for that Wi-Fi only model. It's sort of hard to imagine that you could buy an iPad with that large, you know, nine inch screen for the same price or less than what a new watch costs or what a keyboard costs for a pro. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, don't get me started. Uh, for myself, uh, buying one of these new base model iPads. No, uh, I'm a pro guy at this point, but for $329, my gosh, you're getting a lot of computer out of that. You really are. Like you said, it boggles my mind that the watch is you can get a little bitty watch for dang near as much as a an A13 powered 9.7 inch screen iPad. It's just it boggles the mind, and it's it's a really good device for dang near anything you want it to do. The only knock I have against that iPad is I hate they're still using the old design language, and they're still tying it to the first gen Apple Pencil. Um, the first gen Apple Pencil is fine. It writes fine, but the charging on it is still just, uh, the, the second gen was so much nicer for that. I wonder if it has something to do with the fact that there's still sort of an air gap between the screen and the, uh, 
you know, because the iPad still has that. The iPad Mini does not, the iPad Pro does not, and the iPad Air does not. But that is still sort of a limitation. I wonder if that has anything to uh, to do with it. At any rate, it's, what, 329 for the base model with no cellular. And what is that? That's 64 gigs. You know that'll probably be discounted right away. I mean, I know last year when the 8th the gen came out, you were able to get a uh, get it, you know, from Amazon, like, at 299 like, two weeks later or something. Right. They were immediately marked down. Yeah, so I'm hoping they do the same thing. Uh, same thing with this. I it really, I really, really would love to get that for my mom, just for the the center stage portion of, if nothing else. But it's probably a, a pipe dream at this point, since I just got her the eighth gen last year, and as soon as it came out. Plus, you have other money to spend on. You you need your money spent elsewhere for other purchases, which we will get to on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, for my wife, and that that brings us to the uh, the next thing that was covered, which was the iPad Mini. So the thing with the, with the iPad mini, I think first it's uh, right out of the gate, it goes from 7.9 inches to 8.3 inches, but still retains the same form factor because those thick bezels are finally pretty much removed. And I'm very, very happy about that. But it feels a lot like a mini iPad Air just because it also has Touch ID in the power button now. So you still have Touch ID, but no no uh, physical, no button on the screen. Uh, so now, just like with the iPad Air, it's in the power button. It was something I wish they had done on the iPad Pro, kept you know both the, the Face ID and Touch ID, maybe. That would have been nice. But uh, it's also got the A15 Bionic processor that's in the iPhone 13. Now, it's funny, during the keynote, they didn't want to say that. They didn't announce. They just said it was a faster processor because they didn't want to announce the A15 before they talked about the iPhone, which I understand. But that A15, I think the last time the iPad was refreshed was, what, 2019, 2018, something like that. And it's it was an old A, uh, A12. So that's going to be 80% faster than the A12 that's in the, the, the iPad mini fifth generation. So, Pat, I actually have a current generation mini that um that was Megan's that I I now use because she's using my old iPad Pro so she took my 9.7 iPad Pro and loved it and so she hadn't been using her mini at all so I said hey can I play around with this so it was the first thing that I installed the beta on this summer was was the the mini and now it basically just sits up by my bedside and so when I go to bed instead of looking at the smaller iPhone screen or the really big 12.9 screen, I just reach over and grab that mini, you know, and I read the news or check Reddit, you know, just kind of wind down kind of stuff. I don't really watch a lot of videos on it, but I also use it to, it's paired with my, my large uh, Amazon studio speaker in my bedroom via Bluetooth. So I can, you know, play via that device to it. So, you know, it kind of serves a lot of different purposes and that size is is great. I actually got a, a Mini 2 drone uh, a couple of weeks ago for my birthday and was actually considering trying the, the Mini with the drone, you know, use it as the drone screen instead of my phone to see how that worked. I mean, I really love the look of this new Mini and there's no way I'd buy one because I'd, of course, want the 256 gig model. And that's over. Yeah, it'd be like 600, 600 700 bucks for a mini. So like it, you know, it like, there's no way it's not something I would buy. And the only reason I have the mini now is because basically I didn't sell my 9.7 pro and, you know, got the mini as the hand-me-down sort of, but I think it's just a great size device for, for what I'm using it for. Um, and I'm actually, you know, we'll get to it later, but considering the big, the big phone now, just because I like that mini so much. I bought a uh, fifth gen mini 256 with cellular probably mid or near the end of 2019. And it's a good device, but you know, it has that older CPU in it and it's, it's sluggish at times. It's sort of disappointing in that sense, since my, I've always got the latest generation iPhone yet. My iPad feels you know, two or three generations older. So I got pretty excited today about that new mini, even with the new form factor, because the fifth generation has the curved back and it doesn't have the flat body like the new phones. And I, I really like that. And the new iPad pros. So I'm, I'm pretty fired up and I'll probably will get another 5g and, or another cellular and then another, you know, 
large storage because I did keep a lot of books and movies on it. I also like the um that it still has touch ID because I would catch myself putting in my AirPods and watching a movie after because my wife would be like, let's go to bed. Well, I'm not ready to go to sleep, but I'll, I'll just go lay down and put in the AirPods and watch a movie on my iPad. Well, inevitably, I'm going to do something and it's going to need, you know, some sort of authentication. And of course, I'm laying there with my CPAP mask on and it's it's hit or miss with trying to do face ID with a mask on, but the touch ID is perfect. So I'm, I'm glad that touch ID stuck around. Wow. Yeah. That's a great use case there for the touch ID still being around. My wife uses her iPad mini more than she uses her phone. So when she's at home, that iPad mini is like just connected to her. She, she walks around the house with it. She has it all the time. So this would be a no brainer for her to, uh, to upgrade. Although I know she won't want to do it because, well, this one works just fine. So why would I, and it's like, I'm just going to have to do like I did last time. That's why I was laughing. And yeah. And sneak it past her. She's going to come home one day and it's like, wait a minute, why is this different? You know? And, but I won't be able to hide some of that stuff. Like I was the last time. You can't time. get it past her this time. Nah, not this time, but still. I waved my magic wand over Ta-da! it. She's going to be like, you spent how much? But Getting the uh, the eight megapixel on the iPad Mini upgraded to a twelve megapixel, uh, same as the, the the front and the back are both the same camera now, so that's a good thing. Also, you got the center stage for it, which would also make FaceTiming with her a lot better when I'm stuck in the hospital. Uh, let's see what else has it got. Five uh, G, of course, has been introduced to the lineup, which incidentally, even being on Verizon, not so impressed with five G until I can at least get the ultra wideband. And I spend a lot of time in downtown Atlanta where it's supposedly deployed and I can never find it. So I know if Jason were here, I think he found it in Alpharetta over here in the uh, one of the nicer areas in town. But I have I myself have not a, have come across it. So it just kills your battery and the speeds haven't been that much better than LTE for me. So it's kind of like, eh, you know, I, I leave it on LTE most of the time. I will say that if you're watching uh, content or you're doing something like playing a video game over the Xbox Game Pass, 5G is the way to go or it won't work. That is just a sweet looking device. I just want to say I'm like scrolling the the iPad mini page in another window here and it's just got the perfect size and with the flat, you know, the flat sides. I uh, definitely, I, you know, like I said, it it's not something that I really think I need. You know, I'm going to buy the bigger phone and I've already got the big iPad. And the only reason I have the one I have is because of the hand-me-down. But man, that's just a sweet looking device. I I'm a little jealous now, Brad. You're going to have to tell us about it. When Jim, you're making my toes wiggle. I'm just, I can't help it. I'm just thinking about it. I know. So I'm just scrolling this page going, it just, that's like the perfect looking little slab. It just, ugh. Yeah, I have to admit when they were doing the demo video afterwards and uh, you see the people one-handing the mini walking around, I'm like, yeah, that I, I really, it's a beautiful looking device. I, I'm not going to lie. Everything announced today, as weird as it is, owning a 2021 13-inch iPad Pro, I'd really like one of the minis. It's just a good-looking device. Um, something that is interesting that I'm kind of amazed they didn't do a stealth upgrade on is, so the budget iPad has center stage. The iPad Pros now have center stage. The mini, which is modeled after the Air spec-wise and looks-wise, has center stage. But the iPad Air did not get a stealth upgrade to center stage. That's just very, it's just one of those weird inconsistencies that Apple runs into. I'm really kind of amazed they didn't do a stealth upgrade to the Air and go, oh yeah, we've brought center stage to it as well. Um, but I don't, the, the iPad, the whole lineup seems pretty pretty straightforward now. You've got your budget one for anybody else. You've got your mid-ranges and the mini or the Air sized for people that want a little something nicer. And then you've got the pros for people that want the best that there is. And they're mostly in feature parity. The other thing that's nice about the uh, the iPad Mini, of course, is that they've made the switch from Lightning to USB-C, which sort of really, really surprised me on that one. That was not expected. And what's odd, again, going back to the whole iPad Air thing, is that now, like, the Mini is better than the iPad Air. If you want to do data transfer, if you want to do things, and I think it's only up to, like, uh, uh, 5 gigabits per second or something like that. It's not, the, it's not the, as good as the Pro, but it's still plenty fast but then again it's one more device that's using USB-C in the Apple lineup if they would just fix the phones so that they didn't do it I think we would we would be uh we'd be all set you can also use the Apple Pencil 2 with this which is also going to be a, a nice thing for folks another reason I could share that in between you know my wife's iPad and, and mine if she if I can get her to get the mini but the price went up by a hundred dollars to 499 so that uh 
that I guess it's not really surprising with all the the upgrades that they have in it. The uh, Wi-Fi Plus Cellular is 650 basically for the 64 gig, and there are some new colors. But that uh, that higher price tag, I was a little bit surprised by. Uh, it makes it a little bit harder for me to to sneak it past the wife on this one. But man, I would actually I I want her old iPad, the Mini Five, to be my new push cut server. So I selfishly there you go want to steal that and decommission the iPad Mini Two that's just running iOS 12 as my push cut server today and just sort of replace that with this one. But yeah, the uh, the ability to have that pocket sized iPad pretty much you're taking you're taking just about everywhere would be a, a pretty nice thing, I think. If Funko would stop releasing what if pops, I mean I could get I could feel pretty good about ordering the iPad mini today. <laughs> Well, they did place it up to order as soon as the uh, the presentation was over at, you know, 2.30 Eastern time or something. And it, it was very tempting to just go and like, do I just do it and then tell her about it after the fact? Or do I tell it to her just before the credit card statement comes in? It's or? easier to ask for forgiveness than it is for permission. You know this. Ain't that the truth? True that. All right. Moving along to the Apple Watch Series 7. So... The, the first thing I want to bring up is that all the leaks were wrong. We were told we were going to get more of a uh, sort of a boxy uh, Series 7 watch. And thank goodness that didn't happen because, honestly, I really like the way that the, uh, the Apple Watch looks anyway with its sort of rounded square look. And it's very distinctive. And I'm happy they didn't change that. As expected, they did gain a millimeter on each size. So the 40 becomes a 41. The 44 becomes a 45. And they're saying that with this, that of course they're they're calling it a retina display that they put in this, and you get 20% more screen area than you did previously just with that one millimeter. And I saw on Twitter somebody had posted like a Series Three next to a Series Six next to a Series Seven, and somebody posted like this looks, Series Three looks like a, a CSS uh, version of this that didn't finish rendering. It's so primitive looking next to the uh, the Series Seven. And I had to agree that it's uh, it's pretty nice. It's too bad Jason's not here too because he was saying in our Telegram chat before the uh, before the show started that he wanted something that was more rugged. And they led right out of the gate with you know this is the most durable crack resistant display. IPX6 dust resistant, which is new, still water resistant up to 50, uh, 50 meters. So I guess that's what they're going for. I don't know. I, I spend a lot on mine, so I usually tend to baby mine and I'll put it like in a little protective beetle case if I'm going to do something, you know, physically exerting or, you know, if we're going out and, you know, going skiing or if we're getting in our, you know, doing some rafting or something like that. I want to make sure that nothing happens to it. But I guess that's, uh, that's less of a problem than it has been before. What do you guys think about that? Um, I think it's been, <sighs> You know, it, it, sure, it, it's it's good incremental upgrades. Um, I, I'm not trying to, to pitter-patter on the, the, the new display and the dust resistance and the extra water resistance and everything else. People buy these watches for, for activity tracking, I think, in a lot of ways, and making it to where you can take it swimming in the ocean and falling, you know, cl- hiking and, and down a dust-filled area. That's great. Um, it really is. But uh, as a Series 4 owner, there's really not anything... With the five, six, or seven that I just look at and I go, man, I have got to upgrade this watch. The website won't let you switch, uh, do the compare now with the seven. Like it shows it and it's like there and, you know, coming this fall. But like if you click on compare all models, it it's still not in the list yet, I guess, because they only want to show you stuff you can you can buy. Well, it may just be a day or two, maybe, or until you can actually order it to, to before they update their compare models. One of the oddest things I think that they do is still keeping the Series 3 around. When, you know, you they immediately, when the Series, you know, when the 5 came out, they discontinued the 4 and kept the 3. When the 6 came out, they discontinued the 5 and kept the 3. I don't understand why they don't just make, like, the 4 or the 5 or the 6, the previous model year, you know, the lower end one, instead of having to keep that 3 around. Because the 3 is a pain to upgrade when it comes to the watchOS upgrades, are they not? It's a pain to upgrade, and I've just bought actually both of my kids and my daughter's boyfriend a series three and they haven't necessarily complained about it but i don't think they really update them you know religiously like we would um i I did sort of tell them today you really need to update your phones and your watches today because of a new vulnerability uh all that to say I, i feel like the Series 3 still has enough functionality as far as being a fitness tracker. It doesn't have all the crazy, you know, cool health stuff necessarily like with the the uh, uh, ECG or the uh, O2 sensor, but it's it stays at that low-end price range so that it can 
uh, compete with the other fitness trackers out there, and you still get to have an Apple device on your wrist. And if you're in your 20s, you're probably not worried about the ECG as much as, you know, maybe some of us. <laughs> Indeed. All right, let's talk about some of the other features that they have. So now we have a QWERTY keyboard, and I guess this was told back when WatchOS 8 was announced back at WWDC that we would be getting the QWERTY keyboard, which is, I think, long overdue, having sort of a swipe keyboard that you can sort of play around with on that watch. I mean, I know there's apps out there that will that will do this. I think FlickType was one. But having one that's automatically built in and supported, I think, is, is good for everybody because we should be able to do some sort of swipe typing on this uh, on this type of thing, I think. I was really surprised that the USB-C charger now is a part of this as well. So it still charges via magnetic induction, but using the USB-C, they're able to, uh, to put more power through there so that they're claiming that you can go from 0% to 80% in 45 minutes and eight hours of sleep tracking can be done off of an eight-minute charge. And they're saying that the uh, battery charges 33% faster than the Series 6, but has the same battery life. So I realize it's not the, you know, branded MagSafe charging, but it's it's that direction, you know, trying to get that fast charging out of the USB-C for all of their peripherals or peripherals, all of their products that they offer. You know, we just need to squeeze that iPhone in there. So the new colors are pretty cool. Did anybody else notice how space gray disappeared? Yeah, I remember them saying graphite. Yeah, they're calling that graphite now, aren't they? Like we have like gray and midnight and graphite. Like there's no more space gray. Well, that depends. If you get the titanium as well as space black, I guess, but it still ends up, well, no, it's black. So never mind. Uh, I noticed a few months ago when I lost my Milanese loop, my space black Milanese loop, I went to Apple to try to buy a replacement only to find they didn't sell it anymore. And they sell graphite, which I don't know why they're sort of inconsistent when it comes to the phones. They still have space black when they still come to, you know, the iPad or whatever it's space black. But if you want, you know, if you want, uh, that in like a iPad or the series seven, then, you know, you're getting graphite instead, but yeah. And the new phones are graphite now instead of space gray or whatever today. The new phone today is, is graphite, I think, or at least one of the models was. If only it weighed as little as graphite. But I, re- I love the watch colors. Like, I would love to get a red or blue watch, but I also like switching my band around to, like, red or blue or black. And so I kind of just want a plain watch to go with my band i think i probably said the same exact thing on the announcements last year was i would you know love the red or blue watch but i would just as soon just change my band and have the watch be you know just match everything so jim just wants a plain watch so he can use it for just a watch (laughs) (laughs) what i really want is i want that white one i want that ceramic white one because i think to me that one looks cooler than all of them and and I would love to have one of the ceramics. It's ones, funny. I've only ever seen sharp, um, but I would never pay for it because it's a, you know, like a year upgrade watch. Like if it was something I was going to keep for a long time, then yeah, but I've only ever seen one white ceramic watch in the wild. And I couldn't stop looking at the lady's wrist. I'm like, well, if they made a, a ceramic plaque, I would I would absolutely do that. Although I do, I must admit I do like the ceramic white as well. But I know I'm probably weird, but I've I've done the uh, I've done the titanium for the last two, and I like it because it's durable, it's light, not as heavy as the steel. But I hate the price tag that goes along with it. We know you love your watch to match your shoes, Brian. His black Nike shoes. Hey, now I got color in my shoes now. I'm orange and red. I I you can see me coming from a mile away now. So nice. We're a bad influence. You really are. I think uh, I think my wife blamed Jason. Like, now he's into guns and shoes. Thanks. Well, she's not wrong, though. Uh, let's see. The, the, the weirdest thing about the Apple Watch is that we have no date as to when it's going to ship just later this fall. And uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of annoying. But I guess it gives my, time, my wallet a little time to heal after, uh, after going for the new iPhone. Speaking of which, let's talk about iPhone 13. Dun, 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 dun. So the cameras are now diagonal. You know, they always got to change something up so it breaks the case from the previous year. So that's the, uh, that's the thing that's the, the worst. But uh, the notch is at least 20% smaller this time, so that's a good thing. And it's, they say that it is 28% brighter than the iPhone 12, coming in at 800 nits. And I don't think we talked about that when it came to the watch or the iPad mini. 
I should have uh, I should have taken better notes on that one as to as to what the nits were on it. But still, that's uh, that's a much brighter phone than uh, than what we had before. I think. So the this go ahead, Jim. I wonder how much conversation Apple had on the background about whether they wanted to call this number thirteen or not. I don't know. Just some you know thirteen unlucky thirteen. Like I don't know. It just I think they kind of had to go with thirteen because. But also, you know, it had to come up like in some meeting, like, do we really want to call it 13? Is there anything we could get away with where we didn't call it 13? (laughs) Uh, Let's see. So I guess the iPhone 13 still comes in just the 5.4 inch and the 6.1. When it comes to that, uh, before we get in in any further, Josh, you considering getting rid of that iPhone 12 mini for an iPhone 13 mini? See, coming into this, I kind of looked and I'm like, you know, this 12 mini, I'm going to ride it till I die. I don't upgrade my phones that often. And then, then they come out and the first thing they said, and the, the, as, as we've discussed before, I do have a DSLR kit that I use with proper and air quotes lenses and, uh, you know, I, I do carry that not all the time anymore, but I do carry it around when I want to take pictures. The 12 mini camera is perfectly acceptable. It's really, really good. But then they announced that the 13 mini, the main lens on it, is getting the same uh, OIS image stabilization that the 12 Pros have. And I'm like, well, that's really strong. Um, then, and I'm sorry if I'm stealing the thunder on this, they, they talked about the new cinematic mode for video which is basically, I'm assuming, using the machine learning, the neural engine on it to automatically figure out who is closest to the camera and looking at it, and it sets the focus at that point. And while shooting the video, the way I understood it is it just automatically happens. When that person looks away from the camera, it then changes focus to the next closest person looking at it or the main part of the scene as it figures out. Does it all automatically on the fly? looks really, really impressive. Um... And I kind of looked at that, and I'm like, well, okay. They also did say battery life improvements. The one real negative I have about this phone is that if I use it in normal usage, not as a primary device, but as a normal usage through the day, and I don't charge it anywhere, by the time I get off work, I'm at 25%. And I generally, there are some nights, especially if I'm sitting on the couch flipping on my phone, I've got to go run and find a charger to make it to bedtime. Never had to do that. We haven't had to do that with a phone in a very long time. It's an inconvenience. Um, the mini fits in my pocket, no problem. I, again, my 13-inch iPad's everywhere with me. But uh, And I was kind of like, well, okay. And then uh, now it's announcing that the carriers are right out of the gate doing phenomenal trade-in programs. Uh, as an AT&T customer, I checked on their website, and I, it sounds too good to believe they're offering me $1,000 on trade-in. So according to the deal on their website, I can trade this 12 mini straight up for a 13 pro. Wow. And I kind of like free fellas. Um, So (laughs) a 13, there's got to be some fine print because I just traded for this 12 mini on the $700 trade in for my 10, what, six months ago, something like that, five, six months ago. And I don't know that I can use it again that fast, but Man, if they'll take it and wipe it clean, I, I might be getting a 13 Pro this time around. So one of the things that uh, that's nice about this, too, is that, of course, the processors across the entire iPhone line are all the same. So they're all A15 Bionics, uh, six-core CPUs, two performance cores, and four low-power efficiency ones. And the iPhone 13 and the iPhone 13 mini have uh, four-core GPUs, whereas the iPhone Pro that we'll talk about in a minute has a five-core uh, GPU. But Apple is claiming that the A15 Bionic is the fastest CPU in any smartphone. And one of the things we talked about, you know, amongst ourselves during the presentation, it's 50% faster than the leading competition. And it's like, well, which processor specifically do you mean? Like, I don't have any doubts that it blows away the Snapdragons that they're using in Android. But, you know, it'd be nice if they just gave us an actual CPU uh, to let us know. I want to see ARM64 to ARM64 sort of benchmarks, you know, and I don't want to, don't tell me the Note 8 or whatever random Samsung or Google phone is out there because I don't know those specs. I'm an Apple guy. So show me, you know, real numbers. Show, show me percentages and CPU cycles and all that. Well, there was a lot of chatter uh, post-event about that. And when the A14 came out, 
they used direct numbers. They used direct percentages compared to A13 uh, performance. And it was the A14 outperforms the A13 by this many percentages. There was none of that about talking about the A15 compared to the A14. You heard it uh, when the when the iPhone or the iPad mini was going against the A12. They talked about the increases. It's one of those that until it gets these these chips get in the hands of people, we're not really going to know. But it doesn't sound like it's just that much better performance, 14 to 15. So in, in my case, like if they're comparing with the Android devices, my guess is that they're picking, say, the the most popular as of now Android devices versus maybe the newest Android devices. That's probably because, true. Because generally with iPhones, the newest device is always the most popular. Like, you know, people are always upgrading by the new phone, but that's not necessarily the case with Android devices. There might be a, a device that's a year old that's now got super discounts that's selling like hotcakes because that's how Android works. I mean, there's not necessarily as many people paying fifteen, eighteen hundred dollars for, you know, a, a flip or you know those new fancier devices versus if they can get last year's, you know, and it works just fine for free. Then that's you know that I mean I'm just being honest. That's the the folks that aren't going to want to pay for a phone at all. That's what they're getting, and that's you know the quote quote unquote most popular Android device. It might not be the most wanted Android. Like people might want. You know some other ones, but you know the the most popular one is is probably not the the fastest one. So I I think you're right. I, we you know we need like some straight up comparisons here um, because that was a little I don't know what you call it double speed. I don't know what you call it today. You know when they said that, but it it wasn't exactly straightforward. Yeah, to Josh's point, I don't think there's that big of a jump from the A14 to to A15 in terms of performance. So comparing it to an external processor like the ones that Qualcomm makes is probably, you know, why they chose to uh, to do it. So as Josh alluded to as well, we have a cinematic mode inside of the iPhone 13, all the models, which is also weird because when we talk about the iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max in just a moment, there is no differentiating feature anymore. You know, usually the camera on the, the Pro Max is usually the best and then the Pro and then the 13, but they're all pretty much, uh, you know, equal this time which also makes this feel more like a 12S than a 13, but that's okay. That's okay. But the, uh, the cinematic mode, especially in the demo looked fan freaking tastic when they were doing the, uh, the ability to switch between objects in the foreground and the background, uh, known as rack focus. They're not doing it with a lens. Of course, they're doing it with software and it's limited to 1080p at 30 frames per second, which is going to be good enough for most people. Can y'all remind me again, what makes them bionic versus not a bionic? Like some of, sometimes they reference the word bionic and sometimes they didn't reference bionic on the chip names. And so is it, is it, there's some like AI extra chip or something? What, what makes them bionic? See, I think that they still, they, they managed to get the original scrap metal from the $6 million man back in the seventies and early eighties. And they just kind of anoint the meltings from his $6 million body onto it to make it bionic. I, I really don't have a clue. I think it's just all marketing names. <laughs> that is the best answer ever. <laughs> Who can? That is a great question. It I didn't seem like they were consistent with that. Like, it seems like I don't. I don't. Maybe they. Maybe they were. But on the iPads, maybe it was just like fifteen or fourteen or whatever it was. But with the phones, it's you know, bionic. You know, like I don't know. If I'm guessing, it's going to have to to do something with the uh, the neural engine. But we need to look at that just to, before we we speak out of turn on that because the machine learning on the phone is much more. Uh, necessary i think for a lot of the camera related features that they do because i got to wondering it's like why is it they always talk about machine learning but siri stinks <laughs> and the only the only explanation i could come up Poor with siri. Is, is the machine learning is basically used on things that have to do with the uh, the photo processing and the camera and things like that is what i'm guessing i, I just want to throw this in here something else that i noticed um penny arcade the old video game web comic uh coined the term bullshot uh, for back in E3, where you'd see a bunch of screenshots that were in no way indicative of what the game actually looked like. It looked a lot better than the final game was going to look. Um, I would like to say it's one of the first Apple bull shots I've ever seen when you had the gentleman on the bike riding on his bike and keeps his hand on the handlebar, manages to tell Siri, hey, what's my time? And the watch not only, one, understood him across all the chatter of them riding the bike, 
two, processed the request correctly, and three, responded. That, that There's no way that actually happened. Absolutely no way. They try to show you how good a game is, and it's all cutscenes. <laughs> yeah, that's the bull shot. Uh, the macro stuff does look neat. I do think I would actually possibly use some of that. Like, I'm, I'm not going to shoot a movie on my phone. You know, I, I'm just not. But the macro thing, I don't know. There, there, there are definitely uses for that. That you know, I might want to you know check out. But you know, I'm not. I'm going to shoot videos of my dog. And, you know, I don't, I don't really need Boki in my, my dog videos. I mean, it's I'm going to have some Boki in my dog videos for sure, but I don't need it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the macro looks cool. Uh, I will just say I think the macro is only on the Pro and the Pro Max phones. I do not think the, the, macro, the macro stuff is on the 13 or the Mini. Wait, what? Hold up. Yeah, talking about the, the – Jim was talking about doing the macro photography or the macro photography. However, I'm Southern. I don't know how to pronounce these terms. But uh, Jim was talking about talk, the macro photography where you can get the super close-up, like you can see the ridges on a quarter or something like that. Extreme close-up zooms. Um, that, that is there on the Pro and the Pro Max phones. The macro is on the Pro and the Pro Max, but it is not uh, on the 13 and the 13 mini. Interesting. I did not catch that. So we're seeing that we have battery life improvements that are 90 minutes more than the previous 12 mini on the 13 mini and two and a half hours over the previous uh, iPhone 12. So that uh, that's nice. They always claim that, but we'll we'll see if it actually ends up being true. Uh, now, the lowest storage option on the iPhone 13 is 128 gigs, which it's about time. And you can also do 256 and 512. The mini starts at 699 and the iPhone 13 starts at 799. Moving on to our favorite phones, the Pro and the Pro Max. So just like with the iPhone 13, we get the A15 Bionic. But as I mentioned earlier, we have a five-core GPU instead of the four that the 13 has. I guess you gotta you gotta squeeze out that performance. You gotta justify that Pro a little little way somehow. An extra core should do it. And uh, 120 hertz display. So I know all the the Android fanboys out there. We've had this forever. And Renee Ritchie had a good thing of like, yeah, but your phone wasn't, you know, it was, it was inefficient and it was using more battery life to do that because you didn't really care about it. Yeah. I mean, maybe, uh, Pokemon like doesn't need like high, like crazy graphics. So my phone will like save a lot of battery if it, if it scales down the, the refresh rate while I'm playing Pokemon all the time, that would be cool. When it's just looking for eggs or whatever. Yeah. I hope it works as advertised though. And it, uh, you know, it, it, keeps that buttery smooth scrolling but you know it doesn't take a hit on uh, on battery life so that will be a a nice thing i think um before we get into the uh the camera life i mean the camera life the uh, camera specs the uh, the battery life of the pro is supposed to be an hour and a half longer than the iphone 12 pro and the pro max battery is supposed to be two and a half hours longer than the 12 pro max and we're getting starting at 128 and going all the way up to a one terabyte option for the phone which you're going to be shooting that that sweet sweet uh, ProRes video, you're going to need it. You're going to need at least 256, they said. Uh, speaking of which, I, I buried the lead on that one. So the Apple ProRes format will be supported on the uh, iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max. And that's Apple's sort of proprietary uh, HD video format for editing. And uh, it looks like it's only doing 1080p if you have 128 gigs. If you have a 256 uh, gig or greater, you can do 4K. Does anybody remember if they mentioned anything about the the 5G, 5G bands, um, 5G antennas, radios, anything like that? Like, is that being improved in year two of 5G? I mean, is there, you know, I, I think we talked a little bit about it earlier, how you really can't find it in Atlanta. Do we think that that's gotten any better or you think it's probably about the same modem as we had? Because I don't think they really stressed it. I don't think our limitations right now are the modem so much as it is the carrier deployment of the technology. Uh, I think the uh, you have to have a lot closer to line of sight to get ultra wide. I think that's also why it's it's been harder to come by. So when you're out in a stadium or you're in an outdoor festival or you're downtown or something like that, you'll see it. I don't think so much. It's going to be a while before it makes it out to the uh, to the suburbs, if ever. But I think that's the uh, the issue right now. I know that the the iPhone 13 had bands that were made out of what recycled aluminum or something, and the the Pro had them out of uh, plastic, or I, I I can't remember the antennas. What the antennas are made of is the least memorable part of the thing to me. But I just want to say that my dog is losing her crap that she can't get in the room in here. I have never seen her. I've, I've got like a 
twelve pound dog, and she's about to break down the door. It's just crazy. I'm like, what the? <laughs> she wants to be the uh, the fourth Mike. Daddy, daddy, daddy. She hears me talking, and so she wants to be in here. Josh is our resident photographer. Why don't you talk about the uh, the phone, the uh, camera improvements in the iPhone 13 Pro and Pro Max? Absolutely. One of the things I noticed is that they didn't they they still talked up the the pixel size uh that the pixels the bigger the pixel on a on a camera sensor the more light it's going to let in the more detail it's going to have per pixel in the picture on all three of their lenses in the pro and the pro max they talked up the bigger pixel sizes which gives it again it it lets it do a better low light f- picture it uh they also talked about uh the sizes of the lenses they 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 really harped hard on uh, the the telephoto lens 77 millimeter and the the sizes of everything and the improved low light performances they've uh, they also talked up the macro mode that they talked about uh you know which for close up photos they said that the macro mode you can you'll be able to get up to two within 2 centimeters from the lens to the subject you're trying to shoot which is as good as any Canon, Sony, Nikon lens you're going to find. Are the results going to be as good as on a, a, a five, $600 micro lens from Canon or Sony or them? We'll see. But the, the mere fact that it can focus at two centimeters, it, it, it's a micro lens. There's, there's no two ways about it. That's wild. As somebody who shoots DSLR, it's absolutely, it's, it's bananas that this little, this little bitty thin phone can do that. Any the lens is the thing about the lens is you can get a what's considered a cheap fifty millimeter lens a nifty fifty as they call it for Canon the nifty fifty runs about a hundred dollars and that fifty millimeter is going to take pictures of just fantastic quality pictures the, the the problem that you run into with these phones is thin 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 we want them thinner we want them thinner it's extremely difficult to make a good lens that's not thick. It's one of the reasons why you have the camera bumps on these phones because they need the extra, they need the extra focal length to be able to get a good quality lens in there. Like shooting the ball game the other night, which I'll come back to at the end since I was in an Apple commercial in real life. There's, it's going to be a long time, if ever, that a phone is going to replace my Canon 7200L lens. It's just not. It physics won't allow it. But it's it's to the point now. It's to the point with the 12s that. I can take normal pictures, normal portrait pictures. I can take them with my Canon. I can take them with Hope's 12 Pro Max. And I can't really tell much of a difference. Uh, shoot, in most things, the Pro Max takes better pictures because on the Canon, I'm taking a raw picture with no processing. I have to take it to a computer or my iPad to do post-processing on it. Apple's software processing in the ML engines are in, in just real time is ridiculously good. And it's so good that... You most people don't need a DSLR anymore. You need a drone. I, I need the money to get a drone. I was just thinking about. I, I realize a macro lens isn't like the the lenses you see, say, on the sidelines at an NFL game or whatever. I think about you know you've got a macro lens in your phone, and your phone is a few millimeters deep or thick, and you know a regular macro lens is probably. You know, the length of your palm, you know, your wrist to your fingertips, you know, my, I have long hands cause I'm a tall person. So I'm, I mean, we're probably talking about seven, eight, nine inches, you know, to be able to achieve the same results essentially between a few millimeters to seven or eight inches for a camera lens is that's crazy i had a friend who said uh, and it, it may have been one of y'all or it may have been somebody else my apologies that's all i do is consume after one of these things so i see it everywhere apple is just as much of a camera company at this point as they are a phone company brian heck i think it may have been you that said that that uh it, it's just they're basically a camera company that sells cameras that oh by the way you can get on the internet and take you know make phone calls with it i, I, I said it i say it every year during the apple event i would kill for Apple to partner with Canon and make a Canon Rebel body with all of Apple's 
real-time processing. Stick an A15 in that Canon camera body, let me use my Canon lenses, but put a small iPhone screen on the back and let me do all of these processing tricks with Canon lenses. That would just that, That's a killer idea. It's an absolutely killer idea and Apple would probably never do it because Apple doesn't care. And Canon and Nikon and Sony are too proud to say, "Hey, they're doing it much better than we are." Yeah, I think last year we we probably said this and this year is, is the same case is the the phone is slightly newer there's not a whole lot to talk about but every year the camera is the one big thing that we get something out of that gets you know incrementally like noticeably better like the the speed improvements i think if you use things side by side you notice them you know if, if you once you get the phone a week later it, it really doesn't seem any faster it's just your phone but the camera stuff is the kind of thing where if you go back through your photos on your mac and you look at you know take a look at photos in every odd year you know look at what you've taken in 2021 and then look at what you've got from 2019 and then 2017 and then 2015 it's crazy because in 2015 they looked really good i mean in 2015 2013 you, you had a good-looking picture from your phone. I mean, because that's probably – it's probably been eight years since I owned, a, you know, a, a legit point-and-shoot. You know, I, I had a, a Lumix that, you know, I used that far back, and it's still in a box here somewhere. Panasonic uh, crew, baby. Yeah. So – but if you look at from 2013 and, and just look at the incremental improvements, it's crazy what we're doing now with this camera. And, you know, it's it's clearly noticeable – it, it's the one super clearly noticeable thing that somebody who is a tech fan or not a tech fan or a phone person, Apple person, whatever you are, like it's a photo like that. It tells a thousand words like you can look at the photos from 2013 on up every other year and truly see the improvements that that they've made. And, you know, that's that's really what they're they've got to announce every year is let me show you some game demos using our new fast processor. And here, look at these badass improvements that we just made to our camera you know look at this ar look at this thing but then all of a sudden like jim you know it's like you've got some concrete evidence you know like you were talking about going back through your photo timeline you've got some vast improvements over phone over your phone photos so the iphone 13 pro starts at 999 for I'm assuming what's the 128 gig model. And the 13 Pro Max starts at 1099 for the 128 gig model. I believe that the one terabyte Pro Max is 1599, 1699, something like $18, that. $18,000. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty pricey. So, so the pre-order starts this Friday on the uh, 17th and it ships on the 24th. So which way are you guys all leaning? Why don't we go around the room and, uh, uh, Josh, why don't you start? You're going to go mini again? Well, a lot of that depends on what AT&T, whether or not the fine print is going to get me or not. If it is true, they'll let me out of this phone and they'll give me a, they'll, they'll let me upgrade for free. There's a good chance I may go to the normal size and jump up to a 13 pro. You know, one of the main reasons I went with the mini was because I did want a sm slightly smaller phone than my 10 and it was free. That was the big thing. I was going to go with an SE, but they said, well, shoot, for free, you can get the 13. Okay, I'll get the 12 mini. I just, I really don't know. If I can't upgrade at all, I'm going to stick with this 12 mini for a little while. And after a year or so, when the 13 minis come out, uh, of course, Apple never really clearances or liquidates a product. The rumor mill is all saying that this is the last year they're going to build a mini. That when the 14s come out next year, the mini is not going to be an option. Gets to that point, I don't know. I'm just going to, if, if AT&T let me swap out for free, I'll probably go with the 13 Pro. Um, if not, I'll probably hang out and just try to grab a 13 mini on clearance or when they're about to liquidate it at the end of next year. So for me, I, I'm going to go uh, 13 Pro Max this year, I'm pretty sure. I was on the edge already. And then for uh, my birthday a couple weeks ago, my wife bought me a uh, DJI Mini 2 drone. And so I've started playing with that. And I think the bigger screen would be nice for, you know, doing stuff with the drone. I don't leave, you know, I work from home. I, you know, I, I just think my eyes are not getting any better. I, I kind of want the bigger screen. I think I would really like the more battery life. You know, there's a whole lot whole lot of reasons now that I that I could go max that in the past that I that I might not have I probably I won't go one terabyte but I probably will 
go up to 512. I might even go 256 because like if I was going to resell it, then I would definitely go up to 512 just because of that. But because I just do the trade-in program every year, I'm not I don't have to worry about like a resale price or whatever. So I might just go 256. I think that's plenty on my phone. We'll see. I mean, it it seems like I, I definitely wouldn't go 128. And as far as the color goes, I'm a little disappointed in Sierra Blue. I'm just going to be honest. I liked last year's blue better. And the gold looks awful. The silver is just boring. So I'm probably just going to end up just going graphite because, like, it's just, like, the default choice. Because I, I don't, I don't know, you know, I, but I, I just don't like it. <laughs> I feel like black phones probably sell, resell better anyway. Not that you have to worry about that, but, you know. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree with that, too, that they probably do. So, yeah, so, you know. I think I'm going to go max this year. You know, I upgrade every year. So if I don't like it, you know, I get a big phone for a year. I think I'll be all right. So I'm pretty positive I'm going to go pro max with 256. I have a 256 now and I'm probably using 60 to 65% of the storage. I will definitely get my wife a 512 this year solely because she just takes a ton of photos and video of our one-year-old dog and she just fills that phone up and then i'm pretty pretty positive i'm gonna get the the new watch and i'm pretty positive i'm gonna get a uh, ipad mini rolling don't forget about taking pictures of them gators out back too brad we we like those pictures man there are a lot of gators it's kind of (laughs) weird just a quick story kim I, i walked out i walked out on the porch last night and kim says she looks off in the distance to her left and says you see that gator i'm like yeah and then i look off kind of to my right and i said there's another one and she said ah that's just a branch it's just a limb in the in the water and mind you you know our our yard there's like a five foot seawall and it just kind of drops off into the water but some, some of my neighbors have told me the gators can crawl up that wall. I don't know if that's true or not, but whatever. So my 24-year-old daughter has just 2010 vision, just eagle eyes. And she sort of just sets eyes on that what I think is a gator and Kim thinks is a limb. And she says, that's definitely a gator. <laughs> and Kim runs and gets her binoculars because she keeps them close at hand for this exact thing. And uh, sure enough, it's a gator. And she hands the the binoculars to uh, my daughter. And my daughter says, it doesn't look any different. So that lets you know she has great eyes, <laughs> which is, you know, it's killer when you're 40 and older and you just can't see anything without your glasses. So, so yeah, now you're going to yeah, have lots of gators <laughs> to take pictures of the gators. Yeah, you have better night, there night you shots go. for the gators. There you go. Oh, and and I didn't say it, but I'm gonna get a watch. I don't I don't know what, but yeah, I'll I'll end up getting a watch when they put them up for sale. So, so when I fall off my bicycle, I won't uh, scratch it. <laughs> exactly. I need I need alerts to come back to Megan when I fall off my bike. <laughs> Those don't get enabled normally by default. That fall detection, unless you're 65 or older, unless you go in and turn it on on your watch. But once you turn it on, it works great. Hey, good to know. I think I'm going to go 13 Pro Max, uh, Sierra Blue, one terabyte, I'm, I'm thinking. Most of the time, I keep my phone in a case anyway, so, I mean, I really don't really care what the color is, but I did like Pacific Blue. The, uh, the Sierra Blue is a little bit light for my taste. It's, it's almost like the white claw of Pacific Blue or something, like a very light... <laughs> Yeah, agreed. I really wish they could have just made it a little bit bolder. One of these days, I'm hoping that they'll do the same sort of thing for the Pro and the Pro Max like they do for the regular iPhone and just give us a product red. Give us whatever as part of the... In a heartbeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take my money. Take my money. Seven, seven bold colors. I just, I need something that's that's a little bit, you know, bright, but they, uh, they never seem to do it. So I think I'm going to do that. I haven't decided between the Pro and the Pro Max, but I'm leaning toward the Pro Max. I love how it feels in the hand. I love for my old eyes to be able to look at it. It's just fitting in a pocket. You know, even the Pro doesn't feel great in the pocket. The Pro Max is going to feel even less so. But I've had the Pro before. I just seems like every couple of years I, I switch between the two. And I think I'm going to do Pro Max this time. And it, I think it should be a given that I'm probably going to get the Series 7 in titanium. But, you know, I haven't, uh, I haven't decided that proper. There's not a lot of compelling reason to do it. But... 
I do want the bigger screen and, and I do use my Apple watch for quite a lot of stuff. So I, it should be a, an easy sell. Last year I got it as a, as a reward to myself for not dying over the summer. So this time I've got to come up with something just as good, but, uh, but that's what I'm leaning. Toward. I think you could still go with that. Yeah, I could still go with that. Right. I'm still alive. <laughs> right. So with all the problems I've had, yeah, it's, you know, it's a time for another I, one. I think we, uh, I think we all need to get those big uh, holsters for our Pro Maxes and just the ones you wear on your belt. That's what we need. Like my dad wears? No. <laughs> no, we're not going to be those. Yeah, you dorks. know, the OtterBox case with the big massive holster on your on your belt. Yep. <laughs> I only have one holster on my belt, and it doesn't hold a it doesn't hold an iPhone. When you wake up on Friday morning to pre-order your phone, go ahead and pre-order your phone, then jump on Amazon and get you some Carhartt pants with that little pocket on the right leg. That's what I need to do. Is that a gunner in your pocket or are you happy to see me? That's my iPhone Max. <laughs> but pro tip, go through the uh, go through the Apple Store's website or their uh, or their app and favorite your configuration now so that when it comes time to order on Friday morning, you're in and out in like 2 seconds. Yep. You just click go. That's what I, I already went ahead and did that and put a couple of uh, cases in the in the card as well. One that's orange or I guess they're calling it marigold and of course product red because that's what I do. While we were on this podcast recording i jumped on safari and i've already pre-qualified or whatever you want to call it for my phone so i guess all i have to do now is go into the app and favorite it and i'm good to go yep favorite that configuration and uh, you should be all set i did go ahead and install ios 15 ipad os 15 and watch os 8 today since they are all release candidates as of today and i'm starting to you know get a get a good feel for that ahead of the uh, the general release on September 20th. I did not do Mac OS. I probably won't do Mac OS unless I do my M1 uh, Mac mini first, because that one's sort of my play computer. My iMac I use for podcasting and my laptop is not technically my device. So I like to leave those as stable as long as possible. And of course, I'm not putting the tvOS 15 beta on there just because I don't want to do Xcode and all the other hoops that I have to jump through to do it. But that's probably the least essential upgrade anyway. And you still want to be able to watch television. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I don't normally like putting the uh, the betas on my iPhone and iPad since I have been in out of the hospital a lot the last year, and I need those to just work. But I figure if they're a release candidate, you know, you can't really go wrong with that. So do we have anything else that we want to add before the uh, before the episode is over? Any miscellaneous, any trivia, any odds and ends? Yeah, as uh, I alluded to earlier, I found myself in, a, in an Apple commercial last Thursday night. Said my daughter, she's in the band at uh, ICC, a community college in North Mississippi, and it was her first home, their first home game. She went to the uh, was out in the performing and everything else, and it was phenomenal. We we get there, and of course, you know she's in a little five A Mississippi band. She probably had sixty seventy people in her band here. Gets to ICC, it's two hundred and thirty nine members, so it's huge. It's wonderful, and uh, we get there for the pregame, take some pictures with my Canon in the stands. And done with pregame, they get to the football game. I'll, go, I'll, I'll see what shots I got. Well, pull out my iPad, take it off the Magic Keyboard. Of course, I mean, you know, dump 100 pictures in 10 seconds. The USB-C speeds are wonderful. And uh, pull them in Lightroom and just start kind of going through them. And we're all packed like sardines in the stands. And uh, I hear a mother behind me go, I'm sorry, can you can you go back and let me look at that? Sure. And I go back a couple pictures. Oh, that's my daughter. She's in such and such. Oh, well, Wonderful. Uh, can you send that to me? Sure. Click a couple times, do the processing, click the share sheet, messages. Sure, just type your phone number in here. It's just going to text it to me. Yeah, go ahead. And, oh, wow, thank you. And uh, then another person over here, oh, well, can you, can you send me that? I said, sure. So, My kid's in four or five of these. Here, I'll just airdrop them to you. And sure enough, airdrop just right over, lickety split, full-size pictures uh, instantly. And it just... Yes, I know you've you've been able to take laptops on the road for ages, but there's something different between trying to hand somebody a laptop in stands and handing them a little bitty thin iPad. There's something different between trying to put the thing in your lap and the, the laptop in your lap and, and get the mouse working around than there is just grabbing the iPad and just starting to work with it and zoom in on the picture and swipe back and forth. And having the L or the 5G, of course, in the new one, having that to be able to, to text them to people. And it just the whole thing was just magical. It was absolutely magical that I'm taking these pictures with my DSLR camera. I dumped the SD card in in seconds. And here I am doing full blown desktop editing on these pictures and backing them up to the cloud on the 5G as I'm working on them. Did the first lady not have uh, an iPhone? Is that why you didn't airdrop them to her? 
I'll be honest, I didn't airdrop him to her because while most people, there's a lot of people that do understand airdrop, there's a lot of people that don't. And in those situations, I've found it easier when it's just a single picture here and there to go, here, let me text it to you and just dump it in iMessage. That works out a lot easier, in my opinion. But the other lady was, she was wanting a bunch of them at once. And I'm like, can you do air? Oh, yeah, I do airdrop. Fantastic. Let's just do them that way. Yeah, having the uh, the 5G, you know, laptops on the road are, are no big deal, but having one with, with cellular connectivity is usually the problem unless you're a uh, Surface or something like that. And, and even then, you wouldn't have the benefit of AirDrop. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's all that I have for this week. Uh, fellas, one, going once, going twice. I'm good. It's great talking to y'all tonight. Absolutely. Yeah, and, great uh, to see y'all. I guess that does it for this show, and uh, later, fellas. Later, fellas. Later, fellas. Later, fellas. Please visit InfiniteLoopback.com for show notes and previous episodes. Follow us on Twitter. We're at InfinLoopback. That's at I-N-F-I-N Loopback. I'm Brian B. That's at B-R-I-A-N-B. Jim is at Big Jim. That's at B-I-G-J-I-M. Jason is at J-S-N-Y-N-G. That's at J-S-N-Y-N-G. And Brad is at Meester Idol. That's at M-E-E-S-T-E-R-I-D-L-E. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.